Hello and welcome back to the PGA podcast, tracking Canadians playing pro golf at all levels all around the world. I am your host, Reese Royer. As always, thank you, Dave. Today is a special episode, no guest on this week, but instead I'll be sharing some stories and thoughts on the Shaw Charity Classic. This was my last week working for the tournament. I've decided to take a bit of a career change. I love the tournament and all the people involved and loved working behind the scenes in professional golf, but I'm excited for this new path and hopefully we'll be able to compete in more of the local amateur stuff around here in Alberta and when COVID is behind us, get out to some of the bigger amateur events out there nationwide and maybe even internationally. And who knows, maybe one day play in some pro events, whether as an M or as a pro, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to share some thoughts and insights into what it takes to run a professional golf tournament and some of my you know, favorite stories about my run-ins with guys like Tom Watson, Fred Couples, John Daly, Miguel Jimenez, and, and maybe even a couple more. So stay tuned for that. In the news this week, well, not really news, but my mom got her first ever hole-in-one at her home course, Earl Grey. Very excited for her. I got to see her as she was just finishing up her round, and honestly, I've never seen her that excited on a golf course, and this was, you know, five holes after she made her ace. So uh, that just leaves me and my younger sister in the family without a hole-in-one. So if I were a betting man, I would put money on her making one before me, but... You never know. Uh, Ontario golf courses remain closed. Not a lot to say about that. Disappointing. The USGA canceled their US Open qualifying events in Ontario. Not surprising. The first two local qualifiers were supposed to be held May 10th and 18th with the final qualifier scheduled for June 7th. So obviously with the stay at home orders, that wasn't gonna be possible. Uh, the Shaw Charity Classic did announce, though, that it does intend to put on an event this year. Uh, I know personally, obviously, before I left, you know, we were working to get uh, everything approved by the local provincial government and then through the feds to get uh, some help with the border. So I think everything looks positive. Um, obviously, uh, they're, they're intending to do it. Obviously, if something happens um, that puts pushes them back, they'll probably put another statement out. But uh, yeah, good news on that front. Megan Osland of Kelowna qualified for the U.S. Open with a round of two under, or two two rounds uh, totaling a two under. Good for her. That'll be exciting to play in that event. Uh, fellow Canadians Valerie Tangay, Christina Foster, and Kelsey Sear were also in the field, but were not able to advance. Taylor Pendrith locked up his PGA Tour card last week, literally right after I released the episode um, for next year, though. So. His, uh, his good results on the Corn Ferry Tour, he's earned enough points that he's secured his spot in the top 25 uh, in their uh, annual order of merit. So he'll get the promotion next year for sure. So congrats to Taylor. That's awesome. It'll be exciting to watch him on tour next year. If you don't know much about his game, he absolutely bombs it. So he'll fit in, he'll fit in uh, on that tour for sure. Uh, but of course, the biggest news of the week, Mike Weir has been knocking on the door out there on the PGA Tour Champions, and he finally got it done today in Texas, winning for the first time out there at the Insperity Invitational. Very excited for him. He's been playing great golf, and uh, it kind of seemed like this was coming. 
It's a shortened event uh, with some pretty bad weather down there, but a really exciting finish battling it out against John Daly, and he uh, was able to win. So with that, let's dive into the Canadian Golf Report for the week, starting with Mike down in Texas at the Insperity Invitational, which is played at the Woodlands Country Club in Woodlands, Texas. He finished at minus 10 for those two days to win. Like I said, holding off John Daly, who actually dunked one in the water on 18. I think they were tied going into the hole. So a bit of a break there for Mike, but he's had a couple of bad breaks uh, go the other way this year. So it's nice to see him come out on top. Stephen Ames, the other Canadian in the field, finished in a tie for 13th at minus three. On the PGA Tour at the Valspar Championship, I don't know if you if you didn't see the story about Michael Visaki uh, Monday qualifying. That was making the rounds of golf social social media all week. Really good story, you know, of perseverance. He's been grinding it out on the mini tours for seven, eight years, and finally got his first ever PGA Tour start. Birdied his first hole. Didn't make the cut, but uh, still a great experience. And hopefully with his story getting out there, he'll get a couple sponsors exemptions into some future events. This was in Palm Harbor, Florida at the Innisbrook Resort. Sam Burns won at minus 17. Top Canadians were Corey Connors, tying for 21st uh, at minus 5. Mike Gligic of Burlington tied for 29th at minus 4. Another good finish for Mike. Got to get those uh, those dollars earned to keep your card. Good for him. David Hearn, Roger Sloan, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, Matt Hughes all missed the cut. All right around the cut, though. David uh, was plus 1. Roger Sloan plus two, Nick Taylor plus two, Adam Adam plus three, and Mackenzie Hughes plus four. So close calls for all those guys. A couple more putts here and there, and they could have made it. On the LPGA Tour out in Asia, they were at the HSBC Women's World Championships in Singapore at the Sentosa Golf Club. Hyoju Kim won at minus 17, and Elena Sharp was the only Canadian that made the trip over there. She finished at plus two and a tie for 49th. On the European Tour at the Tenerife Open, in Tenerife, Spain, at the Golf Costa Adige. Dean Burmester won at minus 25. Whew, that's a lot of birdies. And Aaron Cockerell, of course, the only Canadian on the European tour, had another solid week, tying for 48th at minus 9. On the Corn Ferry Tour at the Huntsville Championship in Huntsville, Alabama, played at the Ledges Golf Club. Paul Bargen won at minus 15. Stuart McDonald of Vancouver, top Canadian at minus seven, tying for 16th place. Ben Silverman of Thornhill finished at minus three in a tie for 37th. Taylor Pendrith of Richmond Hill finished at plus five in a tie for 65th. And so did Adam Svensson of Surrey, plus five, tie for 65th. But all the Canadians made the cut, so good week on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, there was a Monday qualifier for that one. Uh, six under was in the playoff, the two final spots, and Luke Bogdan of Vancouver finished at minus two, so just missed by few shots there. On the Symmetra Tour at the Garden City Charity Classic in Garden City, Kansas, at the Buffalo Dunes Golf Club, Lilia Vu won at minus eight. Selena Costabile at Thornhill finished in a tie for 19th at plus three. Jesse Doyon of St. George's finished at plus seven in a tie for 40th. Brittany Marchand of Orangeville finished at plus eight in a tie for 48th. Maddie Zierick of London finished at plus seven, missing the cut. Valerie Tangay of St. Hesinth uh, was also plus seven, and so was Rebecca Lee Bentham of Scarborough, all missing the cut. And Samantha Richdale, final Canadian from Kelowna, plus 10, missed the cut. On the Outlaw Tour, the Ocotillo Championship in Chandler, Arizona. 
Xander Winston won at minus 15. Ryan Williams of Vancouver finished at minus 8 in 8th place, and Riley Wielden of Richmond finished at plus 3 in 18th. On the Swing Thought Tour at the ST21 in Scottsdale, Arizona, the McCormick Ranch Golf Club, Yannick Paul was the winner at minus 9. Albert Pistorius of Calgary finished at plus 5 in a tie for 15th. On the Japan Tour at the Crowns in Aichi at the Nagoya Golf Club, the Wegu Course, Hiroshi Iwata won at minus 12. Richard Jung of Toronto finished at plus one, tying for 41st. Three events on the minor league golf tour. First one was the Mel Reese Spring Classic in Miami. At the Mel Reese Country Club, Trevor Sluman won at minus three. I didn't look it up, but I gotta think he's related to Jeff Sluman. Matt Shubley of Whitby finished at plus nine in a tie for 23rd. Austin Ryan of Owen Sound at plus 13 in a tie for 30th. Uh, I read that this was uh, pretty ugly conditions out there. Sluman was the only player under par. At the April Madison Green Classic in Royal Palm Beach at the Lynx at Madison Greens, Jesus Rivas Garcia won at minus seven and Anne Catherine Tangay of Quebec tied for second at plus three. She also played in the Fountains West April Classic, which was in Lake Worth, Florida, at the Fountains Country Club. MJ McGuire was the winner at minus eight, and Anne Catherine Tangay finished at plus one in a tie for 19th. On the Women's All-Pro Tour at the Hot Springs Championship in Hot Spring, Arkansas, Allison Muirhead finished at minus five to win. Megan Osland of Kelowna was a plus three to finish in a tie for 19th, and Skyson Alexis of Meskwasi, Manitoba, I probably said that wrong, finished in 60th at plus 23. On the Cactus Tour, they were at the Sun City South in Sun City, Arizona. Kim Grace won at minus 7. Muriel McIntyre of Penticton finished in 8th at plus 16 for a three-round event. Finally, the National Women's Golf Association had another event, the Zellwood Station Country Club. Huzi Leon won at even. Stephanie Tucker of Orangeville was in second place at plus 10, and Victoria Gates of Kitchener, an amateur, finished in sixth at plus 35. And that is it for results for the week. Now, please indulge me as I look back on the past six years with the Shaw Charity Classic. I will try to keep it brief. look back and some stories about my time with the Shaw Charity Classic. In February 2015, I was hired by a company called Bruno Event Team as a sales and marketing coordinator for the Shaw Charity Classic. I couldn't have been more excited. I was going to essentially work for the PGA Tour is what I was thinking. And at that point, my dreams of playing on the tour were pretty much dead in the water. So this seemed like the next best thing. Over the next six years, it really didn't disappoint. I want to sort of explain how a tournament and its operators work, thank some of the people along the way, and then I'll share some stories about my time during our our tournaments interacting with the players. If you want to hear even more stories, I guess you'll just have to take me golfing and and get them out of me that way. So my, my first experience on the operational side of the event was a few months after I was hired. 
I was sent down to Des Moines, Iowa to shadow the staff at the Principal Charity Classic, uh, a well-established and successful event on the PGA Tour Champions. Bruno Event Team sets up basically an umbrella team at all its different events, and it's based out of Birmingham, Alabama. So I hadn't really met any of my, my counterparts or my coworkers outside of the staff in Calgary. But when I was in Des Moines, I met a lot of the people I'd worked closely with over the next three years. Guys like Sean Sovacool, Doug Habgood, David Fox, Scott Levy, uh, and the really special team uh, locally in Des Moines, Alex, Laurelin, Scott, Greg, and, and more that I'm probably forgetting. Essentially, I learned on that trip that uh, for the staff of a tournament, Pro-Am days, which are on our tour Wednesday and Thursday, run from about 5 a.m. to 11 p.m., and include a lot of standing in the parking lot and, and guiding people to where the valet is. But if you can make it through Wednesday and Thursday on this tour, you are in the clear. Friday, you know, we were out of there by eight having drinks before we went back to the hotel. With Bruno, I got to work on the Shaw Charity Classic locally and then also travel to some other other events. Later in 2015, after the Shaw, I got sent down to Lake Forest, Illinois, just north of Chicago to work for two weeks on the BMW Championship, the playoff event on the PGA Tour. I was doing stuff like hanging the logo mesh you see at the bottom of skyboxes, putting out rope and stake on the course, guiding massive 18-wheelers full of furniture around the course, trying to keep them on the car path so they don't get stuck in the wet ground. It rained about four inches that week. That was an incredible experience for me. The PGA Tour, I mean, it's a whole other animal. It's so massive in scale. Being on site is like, it's like being in a small town as it's being built. Uh, I really had a great time working with the Western Golf Association. I even got a ride from Peter Jacobson back from a hospitality venue I was supervising. That was cool. Met David Duval in the media center. Um, you know, got to see Jason Day in the clubhouse after he won. Uh, Jordan Spieth was in there. You know, seeing Dustin Johnson, all those guys up close, going through the equipment trailer. Lots of cool stuff. I did almost get struck by lightning as we were emptying fencing off of a massive semi in the middle of a thunderstorm. Um, probably not up to code, but I made it, so no harm, no foul. So anyways, I want to thank everyone from Bruno Event Team who made me feel welcome You know, as a part of the extended family. Uh, I only got to Birmingham HQ once, but it was a memorable trip. And the people down there are just amazing. You know, I know... None of them will probably listen to this because what do they care about Canadian golf results? But uh, I had to give them a shout out. Uh, other people, Shoddy, Tyler Hunt, Justin, Bill, Keith. Special shout out to everyone in Biloxi, Mississippi, where I went twice to help out with the Rapiscan Championship. Really great group. Uh, in At the end of 2017, we split off from Bruno and, and my boss created a local company here so we could run it uh, locally but I'm still in touch with a lot of those guys and uh, get to see them at PGA Tour meetings uh, back in the day. So we'll miss those guys and big thanks to, to all of them. So you might be asking, how did that company, Bruno, get involved with the Shaw Charity Classic? Well, back in 2013, when Mr. Clairdell dreamed up the event and created a deal with the Shaw family, the tour essentially gave him an approved list of event management companies who could handle setting up an event and Bruno won the deal. They hired my boss, Sean Van Kestren, to come out to Calgary and be the executive director. He'd spent his whole life in golf. He was coming from Golf Canada where he was running the Canadian Opens. 
And by 2015, when I was, I was hired, the tournament was growing and I guess needed a little help. I don't know. But I was lucky enough to be looking at the same time as them. And they took a chance on a kid with no sales experience, but a, a love for the game of golf and some decent connections here in Calgary. I was brought on by Caitlin Buckle, who was running the sales and marketing at the time. She's since become the founder of Golf and Tacos. So check that out if you haven't already. The team back then was us three, Adam Fiddler, Jen Falds, Jeff Edwards, and Chris Dornan, along with a lot of other you know, volunteers and contractors and vendors. A lot of people have asked me, uh, still ask me, and uh, especially when I first started, like, is this a full-time job? And I never really felt like getting into the full details of why that was such an annoying question, but um, I guess I have the time now, so... I mean, from a, a sales perspective on the sales team, trying to fill up a pro-am, two pro-ams, sell out our hospitality, which you can never really do because you can just keep adding more hospitality and create and sell as many branding sponsorships to make a tournament profitable. It's about a 14 month sales cycle. Those profits go into our foundation and are donated to charity, by the way. The tour gives us best practices and guidelines to follow. and. You know, they say you should have the plan for the event done two months in advance. That is the plan for the following year's event. So let's say your tournament's happening in the middle of August. By the middle of June, you want to have locked down your products and pricing. So what you're selling, how much it costs, how much is available. Then you build out your sales collateral and you start teasing it to your current clients so that, you know, they'll renew either during the tournament week or right after uh, and so that the prospects you've connected with that year that couldn't do anything this year can be approached about it in the weeks after the tournament, but the following year, I mean, you want to be on it right away when the tournament's fresh, you know, you're inviting prospects out, hosting them, trying to get them to, to sign up for next year. Then you spend a couple months in kind of a limbo between selling for next year's event, reviewing this year's event, making kind of notes about what, what went right, what went well, what went wrong recapping everything you did for your sponsors, having follow-up meetings. Then the middle months are, are mostly planning and selling. You know, we need to sell about 70 pro-am teams a year, have around 60 hospitality clients, hopefully around 20 to 30 sponsors. You know, that that's what it takes to be a successful event. Some of those deals take months to finalize as you're, you know, dealing with large companies who don't typically move very fast on local sponsorships, but you know, we were lucky our tournament has some of the best support on the tour. Our clients are all great, easy to work with, and you know, they always want the tournament to be as good as possible. But you know, all of that is to say that yes, it was and is a full-time job. You know, there's all sorts of things I've left out from just your basic reporting to running a massive charitable foundation, organizing a huge volunteer program, managing dozens of vendors, creating a, a annual marketing campaign, organizing special events throughout the year, uh, and eventually uh, branching out into other events outside of golf. Uh, quick shout outs uh, to some of the amazing people I've gone to work with at what is now LaunchPoint Sports and Event Strategies. Lauren Calvert, Shannon Edwards, Stephanie Gardner, Victoria Murray, a bunch of great interns. Uh, the current team, Aaron Strait, who I'll miss very much. Mitch Lagadin, Jamie Young, and Jeff Edwards, who's still there. Also want to thank everyone at Canyon Meadows, Matt Freeman, Sean Lavoie, Jeff McKenna, Sean Hyde, Ross McDonald, uh, all the staff and members there. 
And a big shout out to the teams at Shaw and Wasserman. Way too many names to to name, but uh, they were extremely helpful over the years and continue to be. And a special thanks to Kim Koss as well for all of his support over the years. Kind of encouraged me to apply in the first place. And, And finally, before the stories, a major thanks to everyone from the PGA Tour that I've worked with over the years. I got to go to sales training and you know annual tour meetings almost every year since 2015. And they were always such a highlight for me. My, my first meeting with the tour was with Jay Volker and Dan Walker, who came up to Calgary to help us lock down our 2016 products and pricing. You know, they were everything I expected from, from the tour to be, um, people from the tour to be, whatever that means. But uh, they fit the role. Um, since then, I've got to work with some great people like Mandy Rupp, Brian Shearman, John Krakauer, Kenyatta Ramsey, Brady Miller, tons more. Uh, back in 2015, we co-hosted an event for the with the Calgary Chamber, and I got to meet the then commissioner Tim Fincham and the current commissioner Jay Monahan. It was a brief meeting, but you know, pretty cool for me, a, a big golf fan. Uh, but I'll never forget a few months later when I was down at the BMW Championship in Chicago. Jay walked by me kind of randomly behind the scenes and. You know, he's an important guy, and I obviously recognized him right away. I gave him a quick hello, and without skipping the beat, he, he looks at me and responds, Hey, Reese, how are you? And, you know, some people are just gifted like that and can remember a face and a name. Jay's one of those guys, and he's the right guy guiding the tour right now. Oh, and I can't forget to thank the patrons. We, uh, we have an incredible corporate and community support, but the patron group... Uh, are the guiding force behind the event. Jim Riddell, Al Markin, Keith McPhail, Guy Turcott, Gary Peddle, and Mike Colbert. And, you know, they ensure that the focus remains on delivering a world-class event, but never losing sight of the main goal of raising money for kids in Alberta, which we've done. Go check out the numbers if you don't believe me. Okay, that's a lot of rambling. Thank you for indulging me. Now, as a, uh, a reward... Here's uh, four four highlights of mine through the year, through the years. The the first is a short one with Tom Watson. I was pretty excited to meet Tom Watson, to be honest. Um, you know, it was third or fourth year I'd been running the event and had met most of the guys, but he's a big name. And so when he was coming up to the tenth tee during the pro am, and I was starting, I was the starter on the tee. I was trying to figure out what I should say. And uh, so I decided to ask him why he was using that soccer ball that Callaway had come out with. I was thinking maybe it like helped him with his putting or something. Maybe it could help my game too. He just looks at me, gives me a little wink, rubs his thumb and fingers together and just goes, cash. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. He also shot his age on his birthday that year too. So no big deal. 67. Fred Couples and I went to a Garth Brooks concert together. That's the story. <laughs> Actually, a couple of the patrons were taking a group of players and their wives to the Garth Brooks concert that year that he did like nine shows in a row in Calgary. And at the last second, Rod Spittle and his wife couldn't go. And somehow, I have no idea how, the invitation to fill those spots ended up on the desk of me and my colleague, Lauren. There has never been a faster yes. It was a great show. I think Freddie liked it, although it was tough to tell, and he did end up withdrawing from the tournament the next day, so not sure what happened there. Allegedly, it was back issues. 
My John Daly story is more of a uh, you had to be there kind of story. But essentially, John drove his RV to our tournament from Seattle. And then he flew from Calgary to China for an event like right after our tournament. And he left his RV there. So a week after our tournament, my boss comes in asking, like, how are we going to get John and his girlfriend from the airport to 20 minutes south of the city where his RV is parked? And so I go, well, my dad's got a truck. I'll take him. (laughs) So off I go to the airport. I pick up a cooler, fill it with snacks and Diet Cokes, which did not get touched on the 40-minute drive. And uh, I wait inside the arrivals gate. And out strolls John in gym shorts and Arkansas's t-shirt, and it's unseasonably cold in Calgary. <laughs> no fanfare, though, nothing like that. And I tell him, you know, there's no snow, no smoking in the truck, so he has a quick sig in the, uh, the waiting area, and then hops in the back seat, girlfriend in the front, and we take off. I will admit, most of the talking came from the front seat for that 40 minutes. Pretty quiet in the back, but uh, we did get into talking about college sports a bit, and he perked up. I don't really remember what we talked about. It was a few years ago now, but you know, I remember driving about as carefully as I possibly could. That was precious cargo back there. Okay, last story, and I think my favorite. I do have a couple, you know, a good uh, Darren Clark one too, but you'll have to ask me about it. So back in 2017, after Scott McCarron won, they were chartering a plane for all the players to go to an event in Japan. So we're rushing to get Scott from press conference to the uh, champions toast to go pick up all his things in the locker room, have a quick shower, sign a bunch of stuff for us, and then onto the uh, the bus to the airport. All the players literally were on the plane waiting for him and his wife Jenny uh, by the time we got him out of there. But so Scott's down in the locker room. I'm with him, me and my coworker Mitch, and we're getting him to sign stuff. But he jumps in the shower, so he's like, "Give me a minute." So we're just waiting around in the locker room, and I look at my coworker. I look at Mitch, and I'm like, "You smell something?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, what is that?" It smells like a cigar. So we walk around the corner in, in the clubhouse, and uh, and sitting on a couch watching TV is Miguel Jimenez and Jose Maria Othabel. And Miguel's got a big stogie lit up. They're watching sports highlights. And this couldn't have been any crazier. I look at the TV, it's TSN. And this was the week that Sergio Garcia had broken his putter during the round and had to finish the round putting with, I think he putted with a a bunch of different clubs. He tried them all. And so I'm watching two of the greatest Spanish golfers ever watching the third greatest Spanish call forever kind of making a fool of himself on TV and they're just laughing their asses off watching this and I I think I asked are you allowed to smoke in here and he goes I can do whatever I want so that was a pretty good uh, a pretty memorable story for me won't forget that one Um, and there's plenty of more I mean it's been great having these guys up in Calgary getting to know some of them you know I got to know Scott uh, McCarran and his wife Jenny pretty well um, Brian Henninger had a lot of good conversations with him and uh, Rod Spittle, one of my favorite guys that would uh, come out to our event. So I feel very grateful that I got to work with a lot of those guys and it's been a great experience. But uh, that is it. I want to wish everyone involved in the tournament the best of luck moving forward. I want to encourage all my listeners to uh, support your local events if you have one, especially here in Calgary. 
Uh, and I want to thank everyone who supported me and the tournament over the last six years. Uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, wouldn't trade it in and uh, looking forward to the next uh, next adventure. But thank you for listening to another episode and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.